is Monday, April 3rd, 2017, and this is Radio Wave. It has been the destination for over 35 million people. Nations have come and gone since it began. Governments changed. Regimes toppled. Across the world, a new time is ushering in. A time of peace. Medjugorje, the mystical village chosen by God, to speak a message of peace and salvation. For centuries, Christians have visited holy sites to receive graces and blessings, but few have in the moment of the events happening. Medjugorje is in real time. A pilgrimage to Medjugorje involves everything from joys to hardships, from agonies to ecstasies. A pilgrimage to Medjugorje is not something you can trust to anyone. Join those who have given their lives to this event of biblical proportions. BVM Caritas Pilgrimages With over 30 plus years of living and breathing Medjugorje, is the best way to go to Medjugorje. Founded by a friend of Medjugorje who formed the pilgrimage format, which is still strictly followed today. BVM Caritas is recognized as the best pilgrimage going to Medjugorje. Medjugorje, always bigger than you think. Think big. Think Medjugorje. Call in the U.S. 205-672-2000, extension 218. Or visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, and click on Medjugorje Pilgrimages. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and we live in a time of momentous events. You have heard many times coming out of this studio a friend of Medjugorje say that people just don't get it, that what's happening in the world 
people do not get what is taking place. We are in the midst of something that is so grand, and yet people are even distracted by religious things and not by the most important things. And so what you just heard for BVM pilgrimages is what a friend of Medjugorje started over 30 years ago was exposure to Our Lady. That was the purpose of the pilgrimages, introduce people to Our Lady. It's not to make people Catholic, not to turn people even into Christians, but the purpose is introduce them to Our Lady. And that once you're introduced to Our Lady, Our Lady will take care of you from there. And this has been the format for over 30 years, and this is what has made the pilgrimages so successful. And so we know that there are people out there listening to this, and you felt the call to go, and for whatever reason or another have put that off, and this is the time to go, and this is the call. And so we are here gathered in the studio because Our Lady has given another message for us yesterday through Mariana. And again, you have heard a friend of Medjugorje repeatedly say that it takes more than just altering your life. Our Lady is here for more than just doing that. She's here for a complete transformation of every way that you live. And so tonight, as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to prepare your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. Before our friend of Medjugorje starts breaking open the message tonight, I just want to interject my own thoughts about BVM pilgrimages. I first went to Medjugorje in 1989 with Caritas. A friend of Medjugorje was the leader of that group. And he talks today about the organic Medjugorje. He saw, Our Lady brought him to an understanding of how to break open people's hearts through the simplicity and the creation surrounds the pilgrims in Medjugorje. And he has never strayed from that. So the buildings get bigger. Medjugorje becomes a, a small city now. And he continues to bring the pilgrims back to just the simplicity of what Our Lady started, the organic Medjugorje. It worked when I was a pilgrim. It works today. It has worked for the past 30 years. And there is the experience of the pilgrims that we bring tell us time and time again that they have never had a more spiritual pilgrimage, even though they have gone with many other groups over the years than Caritas. And so from my perspective of being with Caritas for almost 30 years myself, this is the best pilgrimage you can go on. So I'd like to start just about what we're here for, which is April 2nd, the message for non-believers. We always say that, but we, we always need to correct ourselves because Elias never referred to them as non-believers. It's just those people who do not know the love of God. And if you've never experienced the love of God, then you don't know that God has love. We have a broken people. We have a broken culture. Everywhere we go, everything we see, everything is in breakdown mode. Everybody's shipwrecked in some degree or another. The family's fractured. The best of the families have problems because we've been taken over by demonized culture that has the appearance of being good, but it's not. It's on a bad path. And that's why they comes and bring us these words to get us on another direction. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's April 2nd, 2017 message 
given through Mariana on the day for nonbelievers. Dear children, apostles of my love, it is up to you to spread the love of my son to all those who have not come to know it, you, the little lights of the world, whom I am teaching with motherly love to shine clearly with full brilliance. Prayer will help you because prayer saves you. Prayer saves the world. Therefore, my children, pray with words, feelings, merciful love, and sacrifice. My son has shown you the way. He who became incarnate and made of me the first chalice with his exalted sacrifice, he has shown you how you need to love. Therefore, my children, do not be afraid to speak the truth. Do not be afraid to change yourself and the world by spreading love, by doing everything for my son to be known and loved, by loving others in him. As a mother, I am always with you. I am imploring of my son to help you for love to reign in your life, love that lives, love that draws, love which gives life. I am teaching you such love, pure love. It is up to you, my apostles, to recognize it, live it, and spread it. Pray with feeling for your shepherds so that they can witness my son with love. Thank you. To me, the words of Our Lady are getting more exciting as we progress into the maturing and the ending of the apparitions. It may be startling to hear that because we have people that's 35 years old who have lived in Medjugorje, who's grown up with the parents have gone to Medjugorje, and it's just really difficult to, to see people that I meet that are grown, and in their 30s even, 20s and 30s, that the apparition started when they were born or right near that. They were born after the apparitions. We, we couldn't, you had to get into, into where we were in the frame of mind back in the 80s. Every month we were scared we would miss the apparitions. People were talking. Everybody was involved with Medjugorje. When is she going to end this? How, nobody could conceive it would go for five years when we got into it. And so every anniversary, we expect it to be the end, over and over and over. And I started talking less and less and less about it because I realized the lady was doing something. She had some long-range plan. And I remember on the 10th anniversary, that was the last people. And I remember arguing with people, actually, saying it's going to end. I said, no, it's not going to end. When we got to the 10th, everybody was saying it's going to end. I said, it won't happen. And at the 10th anniversary, everybody quit thinking that way. And nobody guesses anymore about when it's going to end. But one thing we can count for, it will end. Our Lady said so. She says, these are the last apparitions on earth. And when my apparitions end, she didn't say that quote, but she says, my eyes and my heart will still be here when I no longer appear. So this will end. And this ends 
the age of the presence on the earth of Mary. But she has power, and there's going to be a residue of apparitions left that she'll be here in our hearts, through her heart, and her eyes, our eyes. There's going to be left on the earth something new about Mary, a new power to act. Then when we do what the message asks us to do, there'll be power. As soon as I saw the message, it says, prayer will help you. And it's interesting what she says after that, because prayer saves you, prayer saves the world. Immediately I said, that's a bumper sticker. I want to get this printed. Prayer saves you, prayer saves the world. When you read a bumper sticker, do you have something from God coming to you, giving you grace for it? I'm telling you, the words of Mary have power to them. Anybody sees that, they're going to be thunderstruck or they're going to be in contemplation behind a car stopped at a red light in front of them. Something will happen to them. Mary has been given this efficacy. We've been talking about this the last two or three years. It's a power. We see it in our community. We run across people all the time that it's not natural for their reaction to be impacted so great that they're giving us confessions. I can tell you almost everybody in our community has heard things of the deepest parts of people's souls that they say only to a priest in confession that they say to us. We're not licensed counselors. We're not even asking for it. In fact, one of my motivations about writing is because I don't have time to listen to everybody's problems and their difficulties. I realize if I could write something down or, or something about counseling through the messages that I can cover thousands of people, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. But I, I was on the phone all the time talking to people, started passing that on to the community members. But we don't have the time for that. But why do they come to us? We're not licensed. We're not theologians. We haven't gone through counseling schools and all these other things. We're not psychiatrists. But we deal with people on every level that they deal with these other people. Our answers work because it's not our answers. It's our ladies' answers. We're schooled. She said that today. I am teaching you such love, pure love. That we're teaching is something very, very important. She's telling us over and over and over her life, how she parallels the difficulties she suffered and the joys, and don't expect her being the mother of God, that she didn't escape, that you won't escape it. And so our ladies come today in this message today saying something beautiful. It said, little lights of the world. The big thing now in lighting is LEDs, those little bitty lights, and they burn forever. But they're a little bit less as far as light, what they put out. And she says, little lights of the world, who I'm teaching, there goes again the word teaching, I'm teaching with motherly love to shine clearly in full brilliance. Well, if we're going to do lighting in the darkness, clearly shining with full brilliance, something's got to turbo us. And it's going to be her using us as her extended hands, her instruments that puts a power behind our light that is going beyond what our words, beyond what we say and what we do to make people want to convert and hear what we have to say. And they seek us out. They'll seek you out. 
and they said October 31st, 1985. I know you feel small and humble, but with little flowers, do your share for the church and for Jesus so that everyone can be satisfied. With our little lights, there's a place for me and you to shine in our own little world. The sky, he said, it's going by, he said, Haley's coming, won't be back for years. The spinning world, I was a little girl, I was sure and honest, hadn't tasted fear. There's a place for me to shine. Our Lady said, the little lights of the world. And she goes on and says, to shine clearly with full brilliance. Our Lady makes us look so good. We call down, actually we go through a bunch of songs. 
we'll go 50, 60 songs, cull them down to like 30. Then I go through them, cull them down to like four or five songs to put on the air. Out of those songs, which is the night before, which is April 1st, the day before, or a couple of days before there, there was five songs on my list down to 30 that had Shine in it. Shine with brilliance. This is the power I'm talking about. Our Lady finds these things for us. How could you get a more perfect song? Haley's Comet. I don't know if everybody's out there old enough to remember Haley's Comet, but I think it was in the 60s. It was a big, big thing. A big comet that was stayed up, I think it was for two or three days, or maybe two or three weeks, I don't remember. But those things are a beautiful part of our history. And most people don't even know what Haley's Comet is now. But it's something we look forward for a long time. But the world has been looking forward Our Lady for a long time. It needs it. Christ has waited patiently to send her. We went through the degradation of the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. And throughout now, the millennium starting, that we have to have Mary here. And she's come to teach because the biblical teachings and what we get doesn't retrofit for modern times. You see, the Bible always speaks yes. She's here with her preface for the book called the Bible to make us understand the biblical view in a modern time to her messages. And yet the theologians give their writings and encyclicals, all these things are so complex. Look at her messages. If the Virgin Mary is giving messages, if she's speaking to us for this long, we got almost a thousand pages in in words from heaven, thirty-five years of messages. These are eternal; they're not going to go away. It's for a purpose, and they're so untheological. They're so simple. And what does she say in the message? What's it for? Prayer saves you. Prayer saves the world. What is she here for? To save the world. She said on the March 2nd message to Mariana. So that the world would change. So that the world would be saved. This is a serious situation we find ourselves in. And the only way to fix it is by being little. Little lights that's empowered. That can be seen from great distances. And we've seen that. We've spoken about it. We don't say it in a bragging way, but we can be with a crowd of thousand people our community and people see us. They're attracted. They come over and talk to us over and over and over. You can have that. We're not doing this in and of ourselves. Our Lady has given us something extraordinary. And we see that materialize all the time for us. Our Lady brings up again the word feelings in this message. And she's, as she has in, in the past, more frequent years. So she talks about prayer, saying, pray with words, feelings, merciful love, and sacrifice. And then later down at the very bottom, pray with feeling for your shepherds. Do you think that in referring to our feelings, she is saying that our prayers are reflecting to her that many people just don't pray with feelings, but they're just praying routinely, praying without much thought? Or do you think that that's just part of 
what prayer is supposed to be as a teacher, that she is showing us the elements of prayer, the things that we should be thinking about and what prayer means. What are you asking me? (laughs) (laughs) So what are you asking me? Were you paying attention? Not really. I didn't pay attention to school. (laughs) I only pay attention to our lady. Nobody else. (laughs) So I was reading something about a message. So what? Give me the concentrated question. With the word feeling, is Our Lady just simply throwing that out, saying you're praying, but you're not doing it with feeling. You're doing it out of routine, or is she really just wanting to show us the different elements of prayer? the different things we should be meditating on as part of prayer to help us to pray. We were real close to the Nashville Dominican nuns. When we had kids in school, when Medjugorje, we first started going there, we had our kids there at school. And they came up here, probably about four or five of the nuns, and we climbed the mountain behind here, which is on the Guadalajara side, the opposite side of the cross. And we went up there and did a rosary. We started off with a rosary. And of course, those Nuns with the white habits and a black veil, they, they pull the rosary out and they start going, How many fellow grace lords with thee? Bless our family, bless food, I'm Jesus. How many fellow? And I said, Stop, stop. Now, and here I am, just a layman. And these, these are really good nuns. The Nashville nuns have vocations like crazy. But they were saying a machine gun rosary. I told them that. I said, You're saying a machine gun rosary. I've been with Maria praying with Our Lady, the Our Father. And it's so beautiful. The visionaries in the beginning days, not the beginning days, all the way up to 88 and be into the 1990s, and rarely now you might see it, very, very rare. They pray with the Lady, the Our Father, and the Glory Be. And to see Maria over and over and over in our bedroom, praying and being close to her right there, praying at the pace of the Virgin Mary, you have time to contemplate that she's she's saying these words, syllables, in tandem with Our Lady, and to hear how she prays, to hear that, and no nobody, I didn't hear anybody that explained it, because her voice would come back, her voice was disappearing in apparition, then it comes back. You can probably see that on videos, but to be in person and to hear it and be here in life. That while I don't hear the Virgin Mary or hear Maria praying in union with her, is beautiful. And the pace, I'm convinced, I'm, I'm telling you why she did that, is to teach us how to pray. If you want to learn how to pray with feeling, you go find some of the old tapes and listen to these visionaries praying with the Virgin Mary. But particularly in our bedroom, when I least spoke about love, you you felt the words that Maria was saying. You felt love. You really literally felt it. One night, Our Lady gave a message that says, during apparition, I said, something happened. Something, something came into the room. And Maria gives a message after. She says, Our Lady said it tonight. She says, I give you my love that you can give it to others. And we physically felt love in the room. We physically felt like it permeated the walls of the room. It was that strong. But in that apparition, when we prayed with Our Lady, that Father, was even different from her normal pace with it. It was so powerful, so full of feeling, so full of love, so full of 
her life, the sacrifice that manifested that here's this woman, this young girl, really, praying this prayer. So Our Lady is telling us to do this this way. So going back to the Nashville Dominicans, I said, you follow my pace. And I slowed them down. But you'll see people that don't say the rosary very often today at funerals, at wakes. It, I cringe. I, it's very difficult to do that. Not in condemning them. They don't know any better. It's the way they did it. They did it at benediction. And they'd go through benediction. they do the prayers like this. And then they went to bingo. That's what they were trying to get to. So all their thing was about get out, get the probably spiritual stuff out so they can win bingo. So we, we really live in a world that has come from that. And Alay is saying, your speed, your pace, slow down. Be simple. I am teaching you such love. And so she wants us to realize Satan wants us to be pulled away from that. If you're not praying and you're just saying words, Satan counts that and checks it off. You're not doing any good. Don't be doing repetitious prayer. That's what the Protestants say. The rosary is a repetitious prayer. And it is. And the way many people say it, you've got to say it contemplating and thoughtful and in reflection. And let your thoughts and imagination run wild about the passion. If you were there, what was happening? Or what would happen when you were there just some of the events? If I was hiding in the corner of the room at the Annunciation? You've got to imagine these things sometimes. So... Water is something sacred, and Satan's always trying to get you away from the water. He's emphasizing purity. This year, actually, if you go through 2014, he says pure, a purity only like four times. 2015, one time. But 2016, she goes six times mentioning this. And already she said 2017, two times. Because purity is what's important. We've lost purity. We see the purity of our children and how they live and what they do because they are raised in an environment that they don't have a knowledge of what the world's doing. So more and more through the recent years is emphasizing this because the youth are in Satan's hands. They're in his crosshairs. They're in difficult situations, our lady said. We've heard her say that. And yet the youth are our future. Not necessarily, but Lay's children are the future in Satan's crosshairs, and he's got them, and the water is poison for him. To the water, to the ones that are waiting only for you. Come away, little lost, come away to the water, away from the life that you always knew. We are calling to Come away, little light, come away to the darkness 
So if you put the songs we get and we play to match them up with the various directions that our lady gives to us and teachings and what she says at that moment, that we have to find a song that would fit that. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. 
And so she talks about us today, little lights shine with brilliance, clearly with full brilliance. But the words little lights, and this song comes up, come away, little lights, come away to the darkness. And of course, she's here to battle the devil. Just that one sentence, what do you think chances are that that's there? In fact, I'm absolutely convinced of the years, even the music we get, that our lady inspires those who write those songs for what she comes up later and says. They lay dormant. We've seen it over and over and over. That's why we see the miracles every day in everyday life. Our lady said that. If you live the messages, you'll see miracles every day. It's a miracle. These things match up with the power of efficacy our lady's got to orchestrate everything to prove to you the message that God wants to speak to you through nature, through man, in various other ways. This is a various other way. Of course, come away, little lamb, come away to the water. Come away, little lamb, come away to the slaughter. We just had a lamb. Uh, actually, twin lambs were born to a mother lamb that we had here. And she ignored them and didn't feed them. They both died. They were slaughtered by the mother. Women are aborting their children. Those who aren't aborted, many children aren't being taken care of. And they've been slaughtered by the life and the culture. They grow up to be monsters. See, our children here don't have a difficult time making it tangible that when they grew up and the way they're raised around these lambs and saw what that mother lamb did, to relate that biblically, messagely, to what are he's here for. The Bible for us is real. And it's real because the messages of Our Lady is showing how real the Bible is. You got your theologians going to say, well, public revelations, that's the Bible. Private revelations aren't necessary. Then why is Our Lady here for 35 years giving private revelations, except she's here to announce and reveal public revelations? You never thought about it that way. Theologians haven't thought about it that way because they discount private revelations. Many of them do. We don't need that. It's only worthy of belief. We do need that because it must be believed if you want to learn how to understand the Bible from modern man. And so, so many ways our lady is teaching us. So much new thought. So many different things to understand that we don't have. Maria Vitorta was a mystic who saw Christ he first came to her in 1901, and when she was 19 years old, 14 years later, when she first had an encounter, she says she's been living a spiritual life. And she said she had a dream, and she said it was really an admission. She called it an admonitorial dream. And she said, Jesus said, it's not enough not to do evil. One must also not desire it. And then she said, I was told by Jesus this to put a check on the disturbances arising from many moral afflictions in her life. Can you imagine that? The holiness this woman's walking and he's told that because she has moral afflictions. We all have that. We're scarred by nature. I'm absolutely convinced 
that if you want to see what the Garden of Eden, look at a beautiful little child born till his first birthday. They're living in the Garden of Eden. They really don't know they're so innocent. And they go all the way to two years old. And at two years old, this little monster has bit the apple. And you can see it. Their innocence starts going away. They start getting greedy. They start stammering. They start fussing. They start wanting away. And it's really amazing that they really are pre-fallen, even though they've had their baptism. But they represent that because they don't really know how to do evil. By the time they're two, they're getting wise. And that's why we say the terrible twos. Suddenly this little angel turns into a, a beast. Stammering, spitting, everything, doing, making messes, fussing because he can't get his way. And it's really real. The Bible is real for us. So we see these examples. You've often said before that Our Lady says a lot of things in her messages that are that are coded. Like there's you've got to kind of read between the lines, even though what she's saying is very simple. You have to really be in tune with the message to really read what it is that she's actually trying to say. And so Our Lady in the April 2nd message said, my son, she's talking about her son. He has shown you how you need to love. Now, of course, everybody's going to relate that to the cross and everything else. But then she gives the sentence that immediately follows it, which appears to clarify what she just said. Therefore, my children, do not be afraid to speak the truth. And there are a lot of untruths in the world today. But if you had to say, if Our Lady had to zero in on something in the world, what is that one thing that really needs the truth spoken about? It's kind of a difficult question to answer because there's so much. But the thing is, is Our Lady says, one message she says, God is truth. He exists. Just a straightforward message. You know, you have atheists that claim to be the people that are the most distance from God. But what about the Satanist? Those who do the most deliberate acts against God are really further from God in distance because many atheists are people who never know the love of God. And those would debate you about God doesn't exist. Satanists don't. They believe in God. They do their rituals. They do the things against God, satanic things that they do. And it's interesting, Satanists, how strong they believe in God is to a degree stronger than many Christians in regards to their belief in God and the Christ. We see it biblically where they run up to him, the Christ. Why are you here to persecute us? So going back to your question in completeness, what's the one thing if I lay zeroed in on it that needed to be spoken to as truth is love. Because love is not something that is really understood. Our lady says, you know human love, but not God's love. And so we see that Alay once said, the greatest sacrifice is love. Because love is really very simple. It's preferring another's needs before your own. Can you go through life like that? Jesus did. Mary did. Can you do that honestly in everything you do, prefer somebody else's needs before yourself? 
Mariana told me directly, personally, in a front yard one day, years ago, that Mary never put herself first. Can you do that for one day? Try to, try to do that. And if you can, you really do something great. She did it her whole life. And so your question was, therefore, my children, do not be afraid to speak the truth. We have to speak truth. And that's why she's here. That's what she's showing us. Do not be afraid to change yourself and the world by spreading love. That's how we're going to do it. Our Lady said something incredible. It's actually explosive. It's something so radical that you won't even see it in the messages. It's not that big because most would never put it in the context of what she means it to be. We haven't, in the Medjugorje world, taken this in the seriousness of what that means when it says, Apostles of my love. Drop of love and just say apostles. She's called us my apostles. This is a literal thing. This is not a symbolic thing. My writing about the second month is about that. You got Maximilian Kobe, Immaculata. You got Louis de Montfort and his thing, Slaves of Mary. You got other organizations, the Knights of Malta and all this stuff. These are things that are movements. Mary's not here making a little movement. She's here paralleling her son when Peter was called to be an apostle, and Jesus went after him. And he even looked at the boats, and, that, and Jesus says, you're going to be fishers of men. And he picked us 12. Our Lady is here literally making apostles just as Jesus was when he was here. You can go deeper into the writing when it's published, but don't think any less that who we are as apostles, and not everybody's going to be apostles. There's requirements. She's spoken of that. And these apostles, Louis de Montfort said, would be across the earth spreading the gospel. But there's a conflict there because the bishops, the successors of Peter, are also apostles. They are the apostles. Is that a competition? No, but it's not going to be frowned on by saying what I'm saying is literal. We have to put it in like the Immaculata in that kind of context. No, it's not that. Mary is rising up her apostles for the latter days and it's real 100% apostleship. Just like Christ did with his 12 and the successors to the bishops today. Because we're going to do what the bishops can't do. And they're going to do what we can't do. And we're equal. No, I take that back. We're above them in our commission. They're above us in the sacraments and what they do. This is a whole newfangled thing. The people can't get their head around it. And when I'm saying people, some will say it's heresy. But I'm telling you now, I'm telling you straightforward, Our Lady is here in the same way Jesus picked Peter, that she's picking and choosing apostles. And you have power to do things. And you're the one she's saying, very clearly, My children, do not be afraid to speak the truth. And at the end of these second messages, she always mentions the shepherds. 
pray with feeling for your shepherds so they can witness my son with his love because the son picked them and our ladies picked us. I see the power that God's given me and this community and our people and others out there in Medjugorje that's really embraced it as our whole life, having more power to do what we do than the shepherds do. I won't go any deeper in that direction right now. But what I'd like to say is that Our Lady says, Apostles of my love, it is up to you to spread the love. That's a big order. It's up to you, not everybody else. It's not the people in the church or the hierarchy. This is a commission for a specific group that Our Lady has underneath her mantle. Apostles of my love, it is up to you to spread the love of my son to all those who have not come to know it. We are being given the commission, the little lights of the world, who I'm teaching you with mother love to shine clearly with full brilliance. And I tell you what, you do your prayers which will help you because prayer saves you and prayer saves the world. That's in our hands. It's our commission. It's apostleship. You know, she ends the message. I'm teaching you such love, pure love. It is up to you, my apostles. The second time she says that. She don't want you to think that you're misunderstanding this situation or that you're any less. That's why we called the message earlier where it says you feel little in these things. You feel like a little light. And you are. You're nothing. I'm nothing. We're nothing. But she's everything. And she has to use your hands. And when she uses your hands, your hands become something different. They have power. Power for conviction. Power to live. Power to give the truth. It's there. And we can speak without being afraid. Because we know our words will have power to change and save the world. We have so many projects to do just sitting on the writing board. We had somebody at Billboard Company call us three or four months ago. He says, you know, y'all did a project uh, several years ago. It was very successful. Y'all did a good thing. And we really want to give you three or four states of hundreds of billboards again. And we're going to launch this. But we've already designed the billboard. It's called Winds of Change. It's just got a simple image of Our Lady. It's beautiful. It's going to be powerful. We had the billboard program before. The people would stop on the side of the road and just start crying. We had one lady that had gone going to the post office. She was finished with her life. She was dropping a letter off at the post office to her sister, the last letter, and then go back home and deal with herself in a very bad way. She has a detour. She has to go around another block, has to turn back around and make a U-turn. And when she does, she sees this billboard four or five years ago we put up. And she just stopped and started crying. She came and called us. It saved her life. And I can tell you, five years ago to today, the power we have is a hundred times more than it was five years ago because the efficacy is increased. And I can tell you, this billboard campaign, you plan, you get ready. We'll launch it as soon as we can. We're so busy and so many different things, we can't even get to it. These are free billboards, but we do have to pay for the printing, so we're going to get people to sponsor this. And I'm telling you, there's going to be people that will see this in one glance, go on our site, and they will change our life. 
And that's just one story of hundreds and thousands. We don't even, we still hear stories about it. We didn't even know it. People don't call us and say, hey, here's my story. I remember one man passed it on the interstate, got off the ramp, came back around, got out of his car, an old man, like 70, 80 years old, and just sat there, sit on the hood of his car, looking at the billboard, weeping and weeping and weeping. He called us. So what I'm saying, we have Our Lady wanting us to come up with projects. And whatever we come up with, if you do it with good intentions, goodwill, it draws people away from the false glitter of the life that modernism gives to us. And we are doing these billboards with the theme of wind of change. Our Lady said, my sign is the wind. We don't have to give them the message. Just the fact that the billboard says winds of change will put a fire in people. The life we live now dims a fire in your heart. It destroys it. And so this is something beautiful coming, something that will show you the simplicity of life, of how our lady wants us to live and change the direction of life and change the direction of the world. Not to lose sight when you feel like everything is falling apart. And that's what's happening today. Our lady said everything is falling apart. There's wolves out there trying to take everything you got, to take everything you got of your joys, to turn you away from God. And these trials are for a purpose.
Did you hear that? You think this is a needle in a haystack? How did I let you get a song like this? Before the message came out. Four months ago, we named the Billboard program. When's the change? You hear the song? You were born to ride the wings of change. We did the show about the Muslim, Hassan, who predicted the apparitions at the end of the 70s. The Virgin Mary was coming. And there'd be people who were born and would be prepared for these apparitions. They were born for them. And when they came to know the apparitions, they realized that they were being prepared for this their whole life. You were born to ride the winds of change. We found this song the day before the message. We found the billboard and came up and designed it four months ago. Our Lady will work in your life. And to find even a smaller needle in the haystack, the same song has, Oh, you'll never be lost in the dark because of the way you shine. Is that not amazing? Let's get another verse in here. So that you've got to hold onto the light, little lights, and you'll never be lost in the dark. Our Lady does our writings here. She puts things across the path. I'm writing something and something comes right in my lap. It's like this our whole life. I was praying the night before the message on April 1st. And I asked Our Lady, I said, Mary, I know you got secrets in these messages, but just release something, one thing to me in the message. And I read the message. I went to Rosary and I'm reading this message and I went, wow. Wow, I didn't even see this. It's a secret. It's got to be secret because the theologians have too much trouble with some of these things. But for us, the apostles, for us little children, we believe what the mother says. Did you catch it? Did you hear what she said? My son has shown you the way. He who became incarnate and made of me the first chalice. Well, the first chalice makes sense. She held in her womb that. But what struck me was something else I never saw. It's a secret. The mysteries of the message. He who became incarnate and made of me. Jesus Christ was made purely and 100% of Our Lady. Our Lady could have said, made me the first chalice. But she adds in here, made of me. She knew no man, and the body of Christ was nourished, grown from a cell in human form, purely and 100% of the Virgin Mary. That alone shows the doctrine of the incarnate and the immaculate womb who has no sin. Contemplate that. This is an incredible thing. I can't even believe it when I read it Sunday. He who became incarnate. Why did she even add that phrase? Why did she say that? Think about that. And made of me. This woman has God made from her body. And you don't think it's sacred enough to be pulled directly in an assumption into heaven? If Elijah can be raised up to heaven, you think this body held the incarnate and it grew from her body completely 
in a natural way. Not from another man, but by her body alone. So within this mystery, he who became incarnate and made of me the first chalice. That's two different meanings there. I love to see these messages unfold. We don't know what they're going to show us a year from now. But I've seen things that I didn't understand until five years later. But the Christ is wholly begotten in the human body of the Virgin. And you want to discount these apparitions. They're just something we're supposed to go. So, don't think these messages should be discounted. We look at them all day, every day, for instructions. This whole life is formed on it. And we live a simple life. Today, actually, we had a lot of rain. We got dirt roads. We got mud puddles. The shipping ramps on the press shop was flooded today. I don't know if anybody got any pictures of that, but I regret if they didn't. But all the kids have their own little beach right there. They're swimming in it. So the flood water's there, and the drains were stopped up, and they've been playing it all day long. And so our, our children are raised around that, like I said about the lambs, about corn, and the pain and the things in a grand way of life. I was sitting the other day with the children. It was Saturday, eating with the children. And little James, there's, I sat at the table with all the real young kids. James is sitting there, and he says, one of the other kids says, I'm going to grow up and be a midget. I said, well, he says, they said, he said I'm going to grow up and be a midget. Two-year-old Tony says, I'm going to be tall. And I said, how do you know that? He says, because you're my papa and you know that. And so then Analia says, I'm going to grow up. And I'm going to be like my mama. I said, Why, what do you mean like that? She says, she cooks and she cleans. And it really struck me, their aspiration is not like other children who would say and ask. They say, well, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a famous scientist. Our kid's aspiration is to be a mother and cook and clean. It's certainly not a midget. But it's an amazing thing what Annalisa said because the world doesn't think that way. But you know who had the most important job in the world? Ever given of all of humanity, all of mankind, the most important assigned role was given to the Virgin Mary. What did she do? She cooked and she cleaned. And she raised babies. But it's beautiful because she looked over in the kitchen where the mother's in the kitchen and admired that. What do you hear that? Did you know there's children that's grown here, born here, raised with those same aspirations that aren't in the community? And you should see what they're doing. They're excelling in everything they do. Way beyond college graduates way beyond what everybody else is doing, far more talents, far more capabilities, because we focus on a simple life. And so all you have to do is have the spirit of just praying for the rain like we had today. Not complain about it. We love it when it comes. We go out in it. We're outside constantly. And so this little girl, Analia, the other kids, the other little boys, 
They just live a simple life. But they are strong in the way of life. That puts to shame the culture and the way it lives now.
we just had one of the girls who was raised in the community. She's out of state now. She did apprenticeship, not college, became a nurse, went to work at a Catholic hospital. And right from the beginning, the first few days, they wanted her to give shots for breast control. And they had their excuses as a Catholic hospital to do this. It's not really for birth control. It's just help them with this and that. Garbage. This song just says, So I can stand tall in a storm like a live oak tree, because I'm just a girl talking to God. She was raised here to be a strong oak tree, talking to God about simple things, praying for rain. And in fact, we don't even pray for rain. We just give what God gives us. But the point made Here's somebody that's been sheltered, somebody that didn't have TV, no cell phone. And so they come and say, you got a new job here. you got to go do this. The nurses start telling her, she said, I'm not going to do it. You want to do what you want to do? I'm not doing it. She needed the job. So a nun comes to her and tells her, you're going to have to do this, and this is what you expected. She said, no. And what we would instruct her to do is go straight to the bishop. She did. She went to the archbishop. The archbishop said they're wrong. It shook up the whole hospital. All the nurses turned against her. She stood fast like an oak tree, the way she was raised, in a simple way being sheltered. I say that sarcastically because people think you just shelter your kids. No, our children here are oaks, mighty oaks. What happened? They gave her way. And they changed policies there. They still do some things on the side. And all the nurses were angry with her. But she just bid her little light. And now they're all nice to her. And she was willing to put her new job, a job she needed, on the line. Because it's not just words that speak truth. It's your life. Our Lady makes us look so good. Remember, she gave a message. I'm beautiful because I love. If you want to be beautiful, love. We talked about earlier. Love is truth. Truth is love. We drink of the chalice who is Mary. A chalice who the Christ was made of her. And in her own words, he became incarnate and made of me. Think about that. You're missing the train we're on. You should be doing everything possible to come into Medjugorje, to live it, to breathe it, to follow it. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Good night.
This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Metrigoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.